This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 209, What's Wrong with Self-Directed IRAs? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, I wanted to let you in on a secret. We are holding the first annual Not Your Average Financial Summit. That's right. It's a one-day virtual conference for anybody curious about or engaged in Not Your Average Financial Strategies, like Bank on Yourself or our Income Maximization Strategy the Lake Growth Debt Snowbank Method, and lots more. We're going to have tons of speakers and content that we'll be covering. It's a one-day event. So if you want to learn how to get wealthy while paying your taxes, how to become better than debt-free, and how to fire your real estate banker, this is your one-day event. So be sure to join our free membership site to RSVP. you got to be on that site to be able to get access to this one-day summit. The website to go to is notyouraverage.mn.co. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. We're going to get right into what's wrong with self-directed IRAs. So before I rain on everybody's parade here, I just want to start with kind of the idea of, you know, people don't look for alternatives when everything's great. When everything's going great, I mean, think about it. Do you bail on your favorite restaurant when you are absolutely thrilled with the food and the atmosphere and the service every single time you go there? Of course not. You only start looking for alternatives when the silverware shows up with spots on it and the food is lukewarm and the service is subpar. So could the same be true of your IRA retirement account? For a lot of folks, the answer is yes, and they're looking for alternatives. So we're going to be looking at what happens when you take your IRA business elsewhere. We're going to be looking at the self-directed IRA. So is the self-directed IRA a restaurant in which you'd want to dine? That's what we're going to be talking about. So guys, hold on with me. we got a lot of ground to cover. Let's find out. First, a little history. On Labor Day of 1974, President Gerald Ford signed into law the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, known as ERISA. ERISA is arguably the most important piece of retirement legislation in our nation's history. ERISA helped pave the way for the emergence of the IRA and the 401k as our main retirement savings vehicles that we all have today as Americans. IRAs were born when ERISA came into effect. They were basically created, guys, as a supplement retirement income uh, to lessen the burden on social programs like Social Security. Congress wanted individuals who uh, were not covered, let's say, by a retirement plan or a pension at work to have the opportunity to save for retirement on their own in a tax-deferred account through a financial institution. But what exactly is an IRA? Well, The Individual Retirement Arrangement, or IRA, is exactly that. It's a trust or custodial account created in the United States for the exclusive benefit of one individual, or sometimes passed on to his or her beneficiaries. So as with an employer's qualified pension plan, an IRA contribution can be made tax deductible. Okay, so you put the money in without paying any taxes on it, 
and then it's tax deferred until you withdraw those funds in retirement. So at first, the annual amount that could be contributed to an IRA back in the 70s was 1,500 bucks, and it was restricted to about 15% of your income. Now, over time, that contribution limit has been relaxed and they've created new iterations like the Roth IRA in 1997. And in addition, the annual contribution has gone up. Now it's a, a total of $6,000 per year can be added into an IRA, plus $1,000 catch up if you're older than 50 years old. Now, I'm surprised by this. This is kind of just shocking and sort of sweet to see this. But remember, 1974 was when the birth of the IRA took place. This means the IRA is so young, it's not even old enough to retire yet, not even really 50 years old yet. So various IRS rules were established to help govern how IRA funds could be invested back in the day. The Internal Revenue Code did not state what investments were permitted, only which things you could not invest in. In short, the list is life insurance, collectibles like coins or antique cars, and other real estate and other various transactions. So there were all these prohibited transactions by the IRS inside your IRA. So what happens if you step on one of the landmines? Well, basically, it makes your entire IRA go the way of the dodo. The, the entire balance of your IRA, if you put the wrong thing inside it, could be stripped of its tax-deferred status and treated as if you've withdrawn the entire account. In that event, the withdrawal, the entire IRA balance, would be immediately taxable, and it could be further subject to a 10% penalty. So many investors want to have more flexibility and control over what they invest in. That's just the nature of the game. People love to have flexibility and control. Specifically, they look at real estate, and real estate was on their short list of desirable assets. And so not long later, something called the self-directed IRA was born. Now, the self-directed IRA is a retirement vehicle that allows investors to use their retirement funds to purchase alternative assets, things outside of Wall Street. But if you search for self-directed IRA in the tax code, you're not going to find it. It doesn't exist. And by the way, when I'm referring to self-directed IRAs throughout this episode, please keep in mind I'm also referring to self-directed 401ks, solo 401ks, EQRPs, lots more. And simply put, guys, it's an individual retirement plan that's not limited to the investments that it can hold. That's what a self-directed plan can be. And about 2% of IRA holders have self-directed IRAs. Uh, but a lot more of them, or at least a, a, a concentration of these self-directed folks, seem to find their way to our offices. Uh, they're sick and tired of using Wall Street's amateur retail investment products uh, found on the oh-so-average menu at Wall Street's restaurant. So again, they're taking their business elsewhere. And in fact, something called the Self-Directed IRA LLC, sometimes they call that the Checkbook Control IRA, has become very popular for those folks who want to put their IRA funds into buying real estate, while also benefiting from the power of limited liability protection. So many people are out there seeking self-directed IRAs um, to avoid having to deal with the volatility of stocks. And other people are looking for more control over investments and others still are looking for higher returns than what Wall Street can give them. So you may have heard of how great real estate is as an investment. And you may look over your various accounts, your savings, your checking, and notice that your biggest account on your net worth statement is your old IRA, that old dusty IRA. And you look inside that IRA and you look into it and you see that it's been feeding from the golden trough of Wall Street. 
and it's not really doing that well. And you really want to get into the real estate investing game and leave the golden trough of Wall Street behind. You're ready to go to that new snazzy restaurant down the street everyone's talking about named Self-Directed. So I'm going to show you in today's episode, while the Self-Directed IRA can be an enticing alternative option, most often it will not meet the food quality standards you are looking for. And in fact, point you to a better restaurant with three Michelin stars that I'll be recommending instead. Now, the internet is flooded with ads touting the virtues of alternative investments baked inside your IRA lasagna. Here are just a few. I found IRAs holding precious metals, private equity, hedge funds, even cryptocurrency. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Uh, These alternative investments might be appealing to those people out there looking for diversification, maybe a greater return on your investments or sheltering it from volatile markets. However, just because an alternative investment is allowed does not mean it's a good idea. I'm going to say that again. Just because an alternative investment is allowed does not necessarily mean it's a good idea. Let's get into why that is. Custodial agreements for these accounts often specify that you, the IRA owner, are solely responsible for directing your investments. That seems obvious. But let's think about what that means. This means that you must, you must oversee the selection management, the monitoring, the retention of all the investments in your account. You alone bear the consequences of any mistakes. Now, again, while that might sound like freedom, there are a lot of ways you can run into trouble here. This includes not only prohibited investments, but also prohibited transactions, unrelated business income, and fair market value reporting. Guys, don't overlook these little pitfalls. They sound wonkish, but it's a big deal. You may have no idea that vacationing at that golf resort where your IRA bought some property could possibly result in a prohibited transaction that could liquidate your entire IRA and bring a large tax and penalty to your doorstep. Again, that means your entire account balance is taxable in one year, and they slap you with a 10% penalty on the entire account balance if you touch the wrong items on the menu. Now, does this sound like a restaurant you're wanting to dine at every single night for the rest of your life? Not me. Speaking of restaurants, you may also be unaware that investing your IRA in a local restaurant could mean additional annual tax returns to report unrelated business income in your IRA. In addition, you should understand that the IRS requires annual reporting of the fair market value of all assets in the IRAs, including self-directed ones. So you've got fair market value reporting. Reporting is straightforward with IRAs invested in conventional assets like stocks, mutual funds, the oh-so-average stuff of Wall Street, but it can pose major challenges with real estate or an LLC, like a restaurant, which may require professional appraisal. You might have to get $6,000 out of your pocket, not your pocket, but your IRA's pocket to cover that valuation. Alternative investments could be very attractive, especially when the markets are swinging wildly. I see it all the time. And there will always be plenty of promoters out there just falling over themselves to get you to invest in their special IRA blend of magic. Unfortunately, the IRS provides very little information for you to educate yourself And meanwhile, self-directed IRA custodians are going to take a completely hands-off approach when it comes to guiding you with what to do with your investments. Guys, this is a recipe for disaster in your restaurant. The benefits of these investments come with complicated rules, potential hazards, and you should know that uh, not only is the IRS 
already closely watching alternative IRA investments, but they're also planning now to step up their future enforcement. So those of you guys listening who might be thinking about going down the alternative investment path definitely need to get the full story before going all in with your IRA. So while there may be some advantages to alternative investments, and there are, there are also important risks. Often these are not going to be talked about by promoters. So I'm here to tell you about them and help you proceed with caution. What exactly are prohibited transactions? Prohibited transactions. Well, in the IRS publication 590A, it defines a prohibited transaction as any improper use of your account. If you're using the stuff in the wrong, it's like when you were a kid and your parents told you not to play with your toy like that. That's sort of what this is saying in publication 590A. If you have any improper use of your IRA account by you or any other disqualified person. So what this means is you have discretion and control over the IRA investment. You cannot blame it on the bank or the IRA company who helped set up your self-directed IRA. If you misuse your IRA, it is your fault. IRA prohibited transactions are those that would you know, put the government at risk of never receiving the tax due. Remember, you got cute and used that investment, uh, that alternative investment with your IRA money, and then you lost it all. Um, that's a tax deferred IRA, so the government is out their taxes. So to be clear, Prohibited transactions only occur when you use funds inside your IRA. It's prohibited because the government is a partner with you in this IRA, and they don't want you just investing in anything out there. They only want specific assets like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and a few others um, because they have a better bet at writing on your back and then getting the taxes later once your account has grown to a larger balance. Yuck. So you can always withdraw money out of your IRA and pay the taxes, whatever, and then go invest any way you want. The government's happy. They've got their taxes. They've got its tax revenue. And you're no longer spending IRA money. Now that money is free. But while that money remains inside your IRA account, the IRS specifically prohibits buying, selling, leasing any property to or from your IRA. So this is sort of considered, well, it is considered self-dealing, self-dealing. And your IRA plan cannot engage in these transactions with you. So this would include maybe setting up your own corporation and having it funded by your IRA, uh, which buys stock of your new company. Investing in your own business with your IRA money might seem like a smart move. You know, hey, you can control it. You can help your business get off the ground. But that's not how the IRS looks at it. The IRS assumes you are going to lose all your money in uh, your business and your IRA might be you know, there to pay you a nice generous salary uh, for you or your uncle or your cousin or whatever. And you know, if you're honest, you're, they're probably right, right? You know, the, the IRS is probably right here. Now, so you are welcome to invest in your crazy uncle's banana stand food truck with your savings account cash or even your bank on yourself type policy if you want to. Remember, there is always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. At mention me on social media if you caught the reference there, and I will know you are listening, my friend. There's always money in that banana stand, but you cannot use IRA money in your banana stand. Okay, next, borrowing from or lending money to your IRA. You cannot borrow from your IRA, and you cannot use it as collateral for a loan. Any amount pledged as security for a loan will be treated as a taxable distribution. So you also cannot personally guarantee a loan given to your IRA to buy property. So with all these rules, does this sound like a free and self-directed future? 
that you were expecting? Not me, but let's keep going here. So you cannot use your IRA money to buy property that you or your family use. Personally, for example, a home uh, that you might use as a personal residence. This is another prohibited transaction. Now, guys, uh, researching this, I found one wise guy that claimed that his house he bought inside his IRA was going to be his, you guessed it, his retirement home. And since the IRA money is, quote, retirement money, that buying a retirement home inside his IRA should be okay. Pro tip, it isn't okay. He lost with the IRS in court and the entire IRA balance became due with taxes and penalties. Yuck. But what if you don't trust the traditional stock market with stocks and investments anymore? What are your options? You know, with pandemics and market corrections and corporate executives losing their money, you might feel like you're donating towards somebody else's retirement on Wall Street rather than saving for your own retirement. Is there something you can use your IRA funds to invest in to, to achieve maybe some better control without all these prohibited transaction rules, like maybe real estate, for example? Well, hey, you know, yes, you can. You can buy real estate inside the IRA, but that depends on what type of real estate and how you do it. So even though I advise against it, I'll explain why using your IRA funds to buy real estate might not be a great idea. But if you want the quick and dirty bottom line, the best way to invest in real estate is to invest in real estate directly outside of your IRAs. Investing in real estate this way is generally free of the problems I'm going to go over now. So what are some of the problems of real estate inside your IRA? It is fraught with danger to put real estate inside your IRA. So, so many people are looking to change their IRA investments from stocks and funds to real estate because they feel like there's maybe better appreciation on real estate, uh, maybe some upside potential, some income plays on, on their real estate. And also because any gains or appreciation in the value of the real estate would remain tax deferred in the IRA and tax free if it was inside a Roth IRA. That's all sounds really cool. And it's all true. It's all true. But even if you want to go ahead and invest your IRA funds in real estate, uh, you lose many of the tax advantages of real estate inside tax-qualified retirement plans like IRAs because IRA investments are subject to IRA rules that you don't have to follow when your money or your real estate is outside of an IRA. So again, the easiest way would be to invest directly in properties inside a limited partnership that invests in real estate. And you or your real estate business can even use a bank on yourself type policy to improve your real estate situation. If you want, I can talk to you how. Just give me a call at 1-800-962-9141 and I can get into how these uh, bank on yourself type policies can improve your real estate situation. But in this episode, I'm just going to keep focused on why the self-directed IRA is not a good spot to dine at for your real estate investing. So if you must own real estate in an IRA use a limited partnership or a real estate investment trust or REIT. Uh, at least with LPs and REITs, the problem of self-dealing is generally eliminated. You're not going to be exercising management, control, influence, but either option is fraught with landmines. For example, uh, what about owning a rental property or fix and flips inside your self-directed IRA? So many people I meet with have properties directly inside their self-directed IRAs when I meet with folks one-on-one -on -one for financial planning meetings. So let's talk about that. Is owning properties directly in an IRA going to get our five-star Yelp review? Well, um, spoiler alert, no, it won't. Uh, so what's wrong with owning a few rental properties in an IRA? Uh, let's get into it here. 
one of the rules says that you cannot loan money to your IRA to buy property or to guarantee a loan by your IRA. This means then that in order for you to buy real estate, say a building or some land with your IRA, you've got to pay all cash for the property unless a bank gives you a loan based only on the value of a property without requiring your personal guarantee to pay that loan. So this can be accomplished. You can get a non-recourse loan based solely on the equity in the property and not your personal guarantee. Uh, other than a re non-recourse loan, you generally have to pay all cash to buy real estate with your IRA money. And you've got to have a ton of cash in your IRA to buy any decent amount of properties. So let's say, for example, you have a hefty $250,000 in your IRA, your self-directed IRA, and you buy two properties at $125,000 each, all cash. That would mean you have a, an, a total of two houses, two houses, not much diversification, if you ask me. I mean, if one tenant moves out, that's a 50% vacancy and your cash flow and returns plummet by 50%. Guys, that's worse than 2008. If just one tenant decides to move in with his girlfriend across town. So you're also going to need a bank willing to take on an investment property in your IRA back from you if things go sideways. And many banks are not interested in going through the foreclosure process on your IRA since your IRA has bankruptcy protection rules. This means there are fewer banks willing to lend your IRA money. And all that said, leverage is rarely available in an IRA because of the loan restrictions under all those prohibited transaction rules I mentioned earlier. I'm not saying you can't get a mortgage on a property that you purchase with your IRA. You can, but who would give you one without a personal guarantee by you or a family member, uh, which is when the mortgage becomes a prohibited transaction, causing the IRA to seize and become immediately taxable. What this means is the last couple of banks that are still out there willing to do all this dance with you are going to charge you a much higher interest rate on those rental properties inside your IRA. Yuck. Okay, move on. The next problem with IRA real estate is that any gains would eventually be taxed taxed upon withdrawal at ordinary income tax rates. Now, guys, these are some of the highest tax rates in the land. Why subject your precious real estate to all of that? If you purchase the property with non-IRA money and hold it for more than one year, your gain would be taxed at a much more favorable long-term capital gains rate. Uh, and all, also, non-IRA real estate and other property receives a step up in basis at your death. Your heirs would not pay any income tax on the appreciation you had on that property down the street during your lifetime, but they inherit an IRA instead with some real estate in it, and that appreciation does not receive a step up in basis and will eventually be subject to their income tax at their ordinary income tax rates. I mean, what a waste. That's like the restaurant throwing out their filet mignon into the trash. Now, there are some other problems with real estate in an IRA. What if you need to put in some more money into a property? You know, some properties are, honestly, they're real money pits. Uh, so you better have enough money in cash in reserve inside your IRA to pay that annual property tax, or to fund additional and sometimes substantial cash needs for maintenance or unexpected expenses. 
You know, you simply cannot add just any amount of money you want into an IRA to compensate these big expenses. The only money that you can contribute to your IRA is the regular annual contributions that you can put into an IRA, plus rollovers if you have any. So right now, that annual contribution is $6,000, 6000 bucks. Now, guys, will $6,000 be enough to cover your massive hole, your mischievous renter cut through the bedroom roof so he could sunbathe? No, of course not. $6,000 might be just enough money to talk to a plumber or, or a roof repair guy, but to get the real repair done, how are you going to cover that expense if you can't put more than six $6,000 into the IRA each year? Now, if you need more money than you have available in your IRA to fund any repairs or improvements, you know, good luck finding a bank who's going to lend you money without that personal guarantee I mentioned earlier. So it's another dead end. All these prohibited transactions start really chopping off your options. Uh, so what I've gone into so far are the financing problems, but there's some other trouble spots as well. Let's talk about required minimum distributions or RMDs. Required minimum distributions or RMDs are the sour milk in your self-directed IRA. What do RMDs have to do with real estate in your IRA? Plenty. Let's talk about it. Required minimum distributions are the annual required amount the government is demanding that you take out of your IRA in your retirement years, forcing you to pay taxes on that money that they've been waiting on so patiently for years and years to get out of your IRA balance. Even a Roth IRA will eventually have RMDs when your kids inherit it. So how will you be able to calculate RMDs on real estate? What is the value of your real estate in your IRA? Who knows, right? With real estate, it's anybody's guess. If you guess wrong and withdraw less than your required minimum distribution, it's a 50% penalty. I'll say that again, 5-0, 50% penalty if you take out the wrong amount. To avoid that penalty, you're going to have to correctly calculate the RMD each and every year in your retirement. So to find the value of your real estate within your IRA, you're going to need an independent appraisal, and it better be a good one from a reputable real estate appraiser, not your brother-in-law or your local real estate agent, because if it's challenged, it's got to hold up to the IRS's own rigid appraisal process. And you're going to need this appraisal on your properties inside your IRA done, not only every year once you begin RMDs, but sometimes you're going to need it twice a year. Uh, you're going to want to determine the year-end balance. That's the first time to appraise. And then you're going to need a whole nother appraisal again when you actually take the property out of your IRA unless you have enough in your IRA cash account. Not only does this have to have a good appraisal of your IRA properties on file at your house or wherever, but the IRS has to receive that appraisal as well. So since most traditional IRA custodians like banks, fund companies, and brokerages will not allow you to invest in real estate and most other alternative investments within your IRA, the cost, the cost of getting that appraisal done is an expense inside your IRA. It must be paid for with IRA funds, further diminishing the value of your IRA each year. So don't forget to hire a bookkeeper inside your IRA. So this is really starting to become a fairly busy kitchen in there. Now, how exactly will you manage taking regular withdrawals a little bit at a time based on your life expectancy? Again, required minimum distributions require that you take these little withdrawals that get bigger and they calculate it on some random factor. It's called the uniform lifetime expectancy table inside the uh, tax code. So for example, 
if you are 72 years old in 2022 next year, your RMD factor is 27.4 years. That's how long you have to live according to the IRS. Uh, then you'll have to deed, basically you'll have to deed 127th of your property that year to yourself, out of your IRA and to yourself as a distribution. And do the same based on a new factor, a new calculation every year in the future. And you got to get that factor right. Don't miss it. Unless you have enough cash to take that money out as a distribution, but eventually your IRA runs out of cash and you have nothing left but the raw real estate inside the IRA. And then you're going to have to begin distributing pieces of your real estate or selling pieces of real estate to raise the cash for the IRS's, you know, greedy chops for its distributions. But what if it turns out to be the wrong time to sell your real estate? You know, what if the markets are crashing and you must come up with a required minimum distribution at the wrong time? This is one more unknown in your self-directed, so-called self-directed IRA. Another strike against the self-directed IRA holding real estate is the gains and losses for most real estate investors are lost. The benefits, guys, of real estate are the tax deductions, such as depreciation, cost segregation, other massive property tax write-offs. So you just cannot claim any of these when you own the property inside your IRA. But hey, you know, on the bright side, on the bright side, your IRA can still take advantage of things like termites, trash, toilets, property tax payments, all that's still available. Uh, joking, of course. Finally, the real estate is traditionally a long-term investment and it's not as liquid as investing in stocks or bonds. There's never a guarantee that your real estate will perform better than other options over the long term. So you really should assess the amount of long-term risk you're willing to take with real estate, whether you're in or out of an IRA, okay? And you'll likely need this IRA as a source of income in retirement. Most people are using their IRAs as retirement income. So if this is a retirement income solution for you, you may be forced to sell the properties at the wrong time to cover your groceries and grandkid money uh, out of the IRA. So this could happen with stocks too, of course. We've seen markets crash at the wrong times for stocks, but it's much easier to sell uh, a small amount of stock um, needed for your groceries rather than having to sell an entire building out of an IRA. So for example, real estate is very illiquid. It eats money and is therefore not the most prudent investment for a retirement account that's intended, after all, to provide you with income for the rest of your life. I'll tell you a quick story. We looked at someone yesterday who had a, a pretty good sized IRA and he was trying to decide between a self-directed IRA or one that would just go into um, the stock market. But I proposed a third option. You know, he had, a, a, he had really about a million dollars to deal with in his IRA. And so, you know, he looked at some self-directed options, but I showed him how, you know, by using a fixed indexed annuity inside the IRA could solve the same problem. Again, if the goal for your IRA money is income and retirement, let's look at what the indexed annuity allowed this person to do. Uh, so he was in his early 50s and he was waiting another maybe nine years to start taking income. Well, we let that annuity account balance grow. And by the time he turned 59, when he could start taking money out, he was allowed to take from the annuity $75,000, according to our calculations, out of the annuity with pay raises. So 75,000 became 77, 79, $81,000 and so on. After 30 years, that income had grown to $244,000 using historic index allocations. 
So that's an incredible way to generate income from the annuity without having to deal with a bunch of real estate issues uh, that we've been describing here with self-directed IRAs. So that's why we employed the power of not your average financial strategies to build real wealth alongside real estate, using things like bank on yourself to purchase your real estate outside of your IRA and using fixed indexed annuities in your IRAs and 401ks and more to help you uh, in protecting and building true income that you cannot outlive. So as we wrap up here, guys, avoid the temptation of the self-directed IRA, the solo 401k, the EQRP, and all the other franchise restaurants that serve from the same menu. It may look good on paper, but consider the problems and additional expenses that it can create, not to mention the potential loss in your IRA. So We've done a deep dive today on why self-directed IRAs are not the answer for alternatives or real estate investing. But if you'd like to learn more about why Bank on Yourself is a strategy for uh, investing in real estate or otherwise other assets, check out our playlist or skip around. We've got a few here on our list here. Episode 183, we talk about Bank on Yourself and Bitcoin, some options there, uh, and other cryptocurrencies. Episode 181, Real Estate Tax Problems with Brett Schwartz and some of the solutions he has there. Episode 161 and 162 both talk about real estate investing with Bank on Yourself. Episode 124, Mobile Home Investing uh, and using Bank on Yourself strategies. And episode 41, where we first got into combining Bank on Yourself with real estate investing. So that's a lot of meat on the bone to give you guys. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, keep you uh, as as interested and intrigued and curious into real estate as possible without necessarily falling into some of the bear traps that I see with self-directed IRAs. So with all that, that's plenty, I think, for us to end on today. I hope you're having a wonderful week. And thank you, as always, for being on the journey with me. It makes it so much more fun. And thank you for joining me for today's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.